Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Everybody, Dr. Dad's coming at you. I'm here with Dr. Nick. How's it going? Good to have you on here, buddy. I missed you. It's been too long. So we were on a a couple weeks hiatus, but we're coming back at you. And honestly, because we left you guys hanging for a couple weeks, we decided to bring you a really, really, really good episode today. And I have a special guest, someone that's very, very dear to my heart. She's my PIC. She's my soulmate. She's my everything. Today, I brought on my wife, Clarissa Wardy. And today, we're going to talk about her journey with autoimmune. Now, we, me and Nick have been really excited to record this episode for quite a while, and I'm finally glad my wife made some time for us and is going to sit down with us and give us her, her everything today. So, Clarissa. Hi. Thank you for having me, men, Dr. Dads. Yeah, you're actually officially the first female on our podcast, so you should feel mm-hmm. more- this is This is big. I feel honored. This is big. It really I is. I do. I do. I truly do. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome to have you on here, Clarissa. I mean, I've, we've got a chance to know each other, David, through, and you, Clarissa, at the same time. I mean, you guys are like long-lost friends, and, and to ever see, you know, someone that you really care about um, go through challenge, I mean, it's never an easy situation. So the fact that uh, you get to speak from experience and, and uh, be here with your, your PIC, as you said, uh, is pretty special for all of us. And, and, and David's constantly left little nuggets for people to pay attention to along the way with, uh, with each of a few of our podcasts. So it's, it's great to actually have the, the, the official story. Well, and I'm excited, man, because today we're going to get into a really important topic that is massively becoming an epidemic in our country and honestly worldwide, and that's autoimmune. And we have from pain to purpose and lived this disease and this this epidemic that's taking place and through our pain we have created understanding to help with our healing and with Clarissa's healing to where we've now been able to help thousands of people and give them answers from our suffering and, and our learning experience of what you know what's working what's not and and what's going to actually help you heal versus what's wasting your time where you're spinning your wheels and and understanding that it's not just there's no magic there's no magic pill, right? There's no quick fix for this. This is this is a journey, and there's a multi-therapeutic approach that's needed uh, for healing. And you got to be willing to to embrace the change that's going to have to take place in your life if you want to get well. And we've lived it. So I really want Clarissa to kind of open up just by sharing a little bit about like when she initially got sick, what all went down, and like. The, with the beginning of our, our journey together with all this. So, yeah, um, I've pr- pretty much been healthy all my life. Um, was born and raised here in El Paso, Texas. Um, my mother was a nurse. My dad was a sales rep. And we lived a typical American slash Mexican-American life. Um, And not until my early 20s, about a year after being married to David, I started to get really sick. 
Um, you know, when I go back, I get a little choked up, so bear with me. It's like opening up an old wound. Um, but I was about 24 years old, and I remember I was finishing up my last semester at uh, the University of UTEP, and I was going up a flight of stairs, and I could not go up the stairs. My heart was racing. I couldn't catch my breath. It was the oddest thing. And I had a presentation scheduled that day, so I uh, tried to get up as fast as I could and talk to my professor, and thankfully she let me um, be the first to present so I could leave. And as I was walking out, I called David, and um, I had told him how dizzy I felt and how out of breath I felt. Um, and at the same time, too, um, I had noticed um, that my lymph nodes were all swollen. And from there, it just startled me because that just kind of appeared overnight. So I went to my uh, OBG, my gyno, and she um, did a swab and an exam, and she confirmed that there was no bacteria, but just to be on the safe side, she sent me home with antibiotics and uh, cephalexin 500 milligrams to be exact. Uh, so I started taking that. And then literally within a 24 hour period, uh, the next day I woke up and I had a rash all over my face. It started off and they were, they weren't like normal pimples or they were like, like and start seeing and burn. So again, then that day I went to a dermatologist and the dermatologist decided to put me on another antibiotic and I had told him that I had just been put on cephalexin and so he prescribed me a amoxicillin 500. So already I was taking two antibiotics and of course too my trust was with the doctors. I believed everything that they had said and so I took it. That's what I did and that's what I was told to do when I was little. Um, so Again, within a 24-hour period, I was covered in welts this time from head to toe. And I looked like I had been stung by 50,000 bees. And at that time, too, my heart rate was just out of control. My resting heart rate was uh, 190. And I just I could not catch my breath. And um, during that week, unfortunately, my uncle had passed away, so we were at his funeral outside, and it was then when we were outside that I fainted, and I was shaking at the same time, too. Um, so, of course, my whole family, including myself, we were just very shocked at what had happened, and, you know, I was covered in these bumps, and I was shaky, and again, never having a history of being sick. So... Um, we decided to uh, go to the ER because, you know, doctor's offices would just decide to run tests and I needed to take action. I just, I literally felt like I was dying. I could not explain it or describe it to you. Um, and so upon arriving to the ER, which I waited three hours <laughs> for, I finally got admitted and um, a female doctor came in and I'll never forget what she had told me after running a CBC, he was like, your hemoglobin is at a three. She said, any lower and you're gonna die, honey. And I remember at that point just laying in the little hospital bed, looking up at her, gasping for air and just thinking, 
will fix me. Like I, I had nothing in me to actually even react to those words. So that uh, hospital visit, I had several blood transfusions and um, tons of antibodies, antib antibodies that came with that and uh, had a nasty reaction to it. I was convulsing on and off the hospital bed and every doctor that came in to see me, you know, uh, usually asked the same questions. My age, have I traveled to a foreign country? Um, have I ever had these uh, symptoms or does this run in the family? No, no, no. So again, with more testing, they still found nothing. And a hematologist came in and said, I really need to do a, a bone marrow uh, biopsy on you. And I knew what that was, and I automatically said, no, thank you. <laughs> I was uh, already in pain. I was exhausted from not sleeping. Um, my heart rate was still really high, and um, I decided to go home. Um, I really wanted to get out of there. I just I couldn't rest. And most hospitals, at least here, um, they're pretty depressing <laughs> and get you down, and you don't sleep or rest because the whole night, you know, nurses and staff are coming in to check at you, check on you, and um, the beds are horrible. So uh, finally, once we got home and situated, I was very thankful for being home, and nothing was prescribed to me um, other than a follow-up with my hematologist. So within a couple of days, I went back to visit him, and um, his recommendations were, again, simply, let's do a bone marrow biopsy. Let's rule this out. I want to see if you have lupus or sickle cell. Um, and again, to uh, just a series of tests that really brought us nowhere. Um, so within about a month's period, again, the symptoms of dizziness, lightheadedness, out of shortness of breath um, arose again, and I was back in the hospital. And I was crying hysterically because I just I did not want to be in there. Take a little break. Um. So the second time, Nick, you know, the second round we get in the hospital, she had to have another round of transfusions because her count, I mean, they, I think they'd gotten it up to like 11.8 or something. Or no, no not even it was like at 10. Seven. It was no, like, seven or eight. Yeah, they, to release her from the hospital, they had, it had to be above a certain amount. I think it was like seven. And so. This they, is the hemoglobin you're talking about again? Yeah, the hemoglobin hemoglo count. The doctor like, said, what count? And people listening, like, I hear the the units in Canada. It's like a, they're supposed to be around 120 to 130. So I'm not sure what the units are in the U.S. Yeah, so in the uh, normal hemoglobin here is like 12 on a blood okay. work. Oh, so probably okay. different numbers. Yeah. yeah so like, I think they told us like she has to be above a seven to go home. So they with the transfusions they got her above a seven. I think I don't remember what it was exactly. Was but a seven. Yeah, and so we get home, but then all of her symptoms came back. So we end up in the hospital again. And basically the doctor, like, we had to do transfusions a second time to get her stable. And so he's like, you don't have a choice now. You have to do this bone marrow biopsy. So Chris is just like, okay. So talk about one of the hardest things I think she's probably had to experience because she has this, she, at that time, she had this deathly, deathly phobia of needles. So just drawing her blood would, like, freak her out. So they had already poked and prodded her, and I think she was numb to that at that point. But now they're going to put this giant needle in her hip, right? 
So they do the bone marrow biopsy, which like I had to hold her hand through the whole thing. That like, I mean, that's just hard to watch somebody go through. And they do that. That was no fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that just looks rough. So she gets that done. They do more tests. All they're finding is that there's low red blood cell production showing in her bone marrow, but there wasn't anything that was like red flagging anything again. Uh, as far as just slow bone growth, as far as the red cells are concerned. So, I mean, again, they don't know, right? So I remember we just kept asking, especially me, because Clarissa was being poked and prodded and just didn't feel well. But I kept asking the doctors, like, do you guys have any idea what this is? Like, what's going on? And they just didn't have an answer. Like, it was like, well, it could be this. It could be this. She, she probably has a virus. We just don't know what it is. Like, they didn't have answers. And while I was in the hospital, of course, like I'm calling people that I know that are doctors, I'm talking to people and I'm trying to understand it as much as I can. I'm on the internet, I'm studying, like I was trying to create awareness as much at that point as I could. And I mean, at that time, and I was a structural based chiropractor. So, I mean, this wasn't my forte necessarily. I was just focused more on, on the physical structural aspect, you know, in my practice. So I figured out that she had some kind of, it had to be like a hemolytic anemia. I at least knew that much. And so basically when she left the hospital, that's what her diagnosis was after we were released the second time. Um, and we saw the hematologist. He diagnosed her with autoimmune hemolytic anemia. Basically your body's attacking your red blood cells. We don't know why, but the answer that we have for you Steroid. is we need to put you on prednisone because this will suppress your immune system and keep your body from attacking your blood and this is the only thing we have right now and so you know but yeah i'll take off for there honestly i mean for considering what we had been through at that point there was a massive amount of relief right like okay there's something that at least is keeping my wife alive she's not going to die this isn't going to keep reoccurring like we have something right now and, and so you first, when you get that sigh, man, I mean, you take it in and you think, oh, we're good now, right? Like, you know, the, the worst is behind us. Everything's all good. Yeah, we actually, I thought that. I was like, oh, my God, I feel great. I was on 180 milligrams of prednisone twice a day. So I was on legal form of speed. So I was up at 6 in the morning making breakfast, uh, cleaning, the house. cleaning the house. I mean, like, OCD to the max. I had so much, so much of that prednisone running through my system. And um, I remember the doctors telling me, you know, this might make you gain weight. Of course, they never tell you why. Um, you might, uh, you're more than likely going to have issues with your bones, osteoporosis, because this eats away at your bones. Um, I mean, all the symptoms are pretty wicked. Uh, when you take prednisone and let alone I just stopped that this year and we'll get to that in a minute um, so yeah I felt great when I was taking this drug I honestly thought oh I'm cured you know I feel so much better once I get tapered off things are gonna go back to normal or not at all um, so as I uh, was uh, what is it uh, ramping off of the medication my symptoms started to come back and they just worsened. I was sick all the time. If you've ever read the back of a prescription medication, take all the laundry list of side effects, I had 90% of those side effects. My hair was falling out. 
Um, I had dryness of my scalp. I had lesions in the back of my ears. My mouth and throat were covered in blisters. Um, my eyes would get super dry. Um, I had a rash on my chest and on my back. Uh, digestive dysfunction, everything that I ate would bloat and it would just hurt. Um, low energy, chronic fatigue, pain, uh, getting up was like the hardest thing to do in the mornings. David had to like drag me out of bed to go to work. And, um, again, too, that just messes with your mindset, which is the most important thing, right? That we've learned through all of this. Um, and I became very depressed for anybody that knows me. They know that I'm a outgoing, talkative, bubbly person. And during those years were my dark years and I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to be photographed. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to stay home. And um, it, it, it was a ripple effect. I know it took a toll on David, um, my parents, but mainly David. Um, and, you know, during this time of my pain and suffering, Thankfully, my husband was out uh, going to different seminars to create this awareness that he speaks of and coming home and learning these new forms of uh, detoxification and nutrition and, you know, oh, we're going to put you on these supplementations and we're going to do uh, this new therapy. I mean, you name it, I've done it more than likely. And um, that was just the mindset that we had to keep or both of us had to keep during this time was we're just going to try it. We're going to do it. And we were so done with the Western route that once we turned to the Eastern route, that's when we definitely started to see change. And that just really pushed us to continue our search for the newer, the better, the greater, what's going to work. This does, this doesn't. Um, and making that a multi-therapeutic approach. Well, and I want to, you know, real quick, I want to kind of pause here for a second because this is a really important uh, segue. You know, we, we didn't find any answers aside from an acute solution with conventional methods, okay? So, like, I'm very happy that that was there for us at that point when we needed it. But when you have an autoimmune disorder, man, like, that's it. Like, that stuff is for acute. This is a chronic condition that has to be addressed, with a multi-therapeutic approach. And at that point, we didn't know that. We just knew that there was a dead end there and that prednisone was not an answer for her long term. So, I mean, we ended up at two Mayo Clinics. Uh, we talked to specialists all over the country, in New York, at Cleveland Clinic. I mean, we, we had friends that had friends of doctors. I mean, we talked to a lot of people and their only answer was prednisone. That was it. Or a spleenectomy. Or take her spleen out or put her on these other, like, really nasty, like, almost like they were like cancer drugs almost. And it was just daunting, right? Mm -hmm. But we knew at that point that that was a dead end and that we needed to look elsewhere. So that led us on, honestly, really the beginning of our journey for her healing. And that road started, I want to say, about two years into this whole, whole thing. And, yeah, man, I mean, we had to create awareness first. Then I had to go educate myself. So here I am in a structure-based chiropractor, and I'm turning into functional medicine. I'm going and educating myself on functional medicine, and I'm learning more about nutrition and supplementation and gut health and brain health and autoimmune, and I'm looking for root cause, and I'm trying to figure out who knows more than who, like who's 
who's winning right now? Like who's figuring these things out? And yeah, detox comes up. I mean, all these things come up. You know, it's crazy. We, we heard a saying, I think you've heard this saying, I, I think it was Roberto Monaco that, that told us this. When you have your health, you have many wishes in your life, right? Because you have your health. There's all kinds of things you want to do, right? You, you see that this future is broad spectrum of what, what is there for you. But when you don't have your health, the only thing that runs through your head on a daily basis is how am I going to get well? Mm-hmm. I want to be back where I was. Like that's all you think about every single day of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can just imagine, you know, the people listening, you, you had a ton of resources at your fingertips and you know, you knew that you had to look, you knew sort of where to look or at least where to start looking, which opened up all sorts of different routes for you. But I mean, it's important for people to understand there's so many people that would just stop at prednisone and that's their life. You know, that acute treatment, as you've said, turns into a chronic one. And, and how many conversations have you had as a doctor and, and clear? So I know you work with patients too, where they go, I found something that sort of works and I'm going to hang on to it with the tightest grip imaginable. And that, that, that becomes their entire world, right? And to go without it would, would be something so frightening because it at least takes off some of the, the stress of what that illness was creating. Um, the fact that you knew to look deeper and where to look and, and the journey that you've been on as a result of this is really the, the journey that everybody, no matter what's going on, has, has to face, has to jump into. If, if they want to realize that there's a multi-therapeutic approach, there's a root cause for everything that shows up. And, and yeah, so what, tell us a little bit more about what, what happened after that. So I sat down with Clarissa one day when I want to say right after we were probably at our lowest because we went to the last place where we thought we'd find an answer with conventional medicine. And I said, look, there is, there's something is going on. We just don't know what it is. I was like, just cause they don't know what it is. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like they just, they're only taught what they know. And, and that's the only answers they're going to have for us. I said, so if we're going to get you, well, I said, I, I told her that day. I was like, I promise that I'll get you better. I did. I told True her that. Story. Hmm. True story. Dr. Stroud and I said, I promise we're going to get you well. And I said, there, there's an answer. I know there's an answer out there and we'll find it. And, and honestly, man, that's when the journey began. And it started with, like I'm saying, okay, how do we clean up our diet? What are we doing wrong? Like, like what could we do better? And honestly, man, that just went to eating like real food all the time. That was our first step. I mean, I'm kind of, it's kind of embarrassing to admit that that was a long time ago, but like, we were babies, we were babies, man. Like <laughs> that went to just like, let's just be consistent. We're eating real food all the time. Like we don't eat junk. So we started there and then we realized like with diet, well, that's not enough. You have to eat like good sources of food. So it's not enough just to eat the right real foods. Like, are they organic? Are they non-GMO? Is it grass fed? Right. Is it full fat? Like, you know, like we had to go deeper, cleaner, you know, and, and then supplementation first, our supplementation, you know, I laugh because my functional medicine route of how I used to uh, practice was, I was called what they call an allopathic naturalist, where mm-hmm. I would 
prime people with supplements to make them feel better to treat like a medical doctor would treat something where we're just throwing it at the symptoms and you feel yeah. better, you come off of it, you don't feel good, right? So we did that for a while and yeah, it would help, but like never, you know, never made big changes. She'd feel better on the supplements, but like wasn't making massive changes there. She still was sick. So we figured out well, that wasn't working for us. And then we came across better supplement companies over the years and we started learning what were, instead of just taking stuff that we thought was good for us, oh, maybe there's targeted things we need to address. So then that took us to like, okay, what's broken? So then honestly, like as her, you know, at this time on our journey, I'm going to be completely honest, like she kept getting worse going into year three, four, like, she kept having flares. She'd have these periods where she was good and then this flare would come and she'd have all these massive things go on with her body and she'd have, you know, the joints swell up again or the hair would be falling out or her, her skin would have lesions or, I mean, you name it, man, she's been through it. And with each of these flares, it, it like intensified this, this, this urge for us to keep finding answers and it would lead us. It would tell us things. So I remember, man, we were actually in Vancouver when this happened uh, we had been eating at a bunch of really good restaurants in Seattle with our with friends of ours. And we ended up in Vancouver and we ate at some restaurant in Vancouver one night. And I think we, she had quite a bit of the bread on the table. They had some really I good bread too much gluten. and they had like, <laughs> some, I, didn't know. I don't remember. It was like, I don't know, man, it was really good food, but just too much gluten basically. And this is when she didn't know that she had an issue. Mm -hmm. so the next day I turned over when we get up, <laughs> And she's like swollen, buddy. Like, like wow. not kind of inflated. Like her whole body swelled, and like she she was like almost red. And we were like, "What happened?" So the only thing we could think of is like she had all the gluten the night before. So at this point, man, like she hadn't had a lot of issues with bloating. She would just have like she said she had that digestive going on, but that didn't start till after a lot of the the pred and some of these other things she was doing. So then we started linking her gut to something going on. So then we figured out that she was like massively, massively sensitive, like completely intolerant of gluten. Hmm. So she had her struggle, man. Like just like anybody who realizes they have to completely give it up to heal. Like she had her struggle. It took her a while to realize that she completely had to eliminate it. She well, would, can I say something real quick? Yeah. Well, and it was frustrating, right? So, like, to be told in your mid to early, well, yeah, early to mid-20s, you can have beer, no bread, no pasta, which we know is horrible for us now as practitioners. But aside from that, I was very stubborn because I thought, well, shoot, you know, like, I've given up all this other stuff and this now i'm taking supplements now so i did a lot of i did pity parties and um i think that's just very natural the human in us comes out of why me you know and you know at that time i i just i didn't know there was so many people like me my age younger older that were going through similar situations where you know they would just be like i can't sleep i bloat after every meal i'm uncomfortable i feel tired all the time i have pain in my joints and i'm only 25 what's going on so as soon as we made that change and it, it took me a while to wrap my mind around it um huge changes 
of just removing gluten. And of course, we had already removed sugar. Um, oh, but buddy, gluten, but it was crazy. Sure. I mean, when she finally just stopped eating it, the, she had this massive shift in healing. So then we realized, oh gosh, she her gut's like damaged. So like, there's a big problem here. Mm-hmm. So then we started addressing her gut. And then that was when we actually saw probably the biggest shift in the needle of her healing at first. We, just, we addressed her gut. We removed interferences that were causing damage to it. And then we were putting things on the inside. We were doing probiotics. Uh, we started doing Restore. I mean, we were doing all kinds of neat products to, to basically take a multi-therapeutic approach to addressing and rebuilding her gut. You know, collagen, bone broth, I mean, all of it, right? Um, and that was big, man. I mean, that, that was honestly, I think, the first time her and me kind of had this feeling of hope of like, mm-hmm. okay, there is stuff that's contributing to this and we're figuring it out. So, I mean, on this journey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm educating, creating awareness over the years and I'm, I'm getting better at it, man. Like I'm learning more, I'm connecting more dots. And then we start running across, you know, like I said, a, a better approach of targeting supplements. So outside of our gut, we were doing things for inflammation and oxidation and, and really just dialing in to focusing on the inflammatory picture in her body. And when we did that again, we saw a lot of improvements, but never really anything that I would say had massive changes in the needle. Okay. So on the journey, okay, you know, I would say there's improvements along the way. There, we kept flaring. She kept having flares on and off, but they kept kind of spreading out a little bit. She didn't have yeah. as often. So they kept spreading out and not as crazy as symptoms. So I kind of knew like the secret recipe, if you will, to kind of get back on track. And, um, for my, all my autoimmune peeps listening, three things, if I could already throw in some nuggets, is that cool? Mm-hmm. So, uh, for sure, the first one would be nutrition. You want to eat real foods, right? Stay away from all the garbage. Um, rest is so important. If I don't get a full night's rest, at least eight hours, I'm a wreck. Um, and stress. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah, so let's talk about stress because that kind of takes us to like really when we started coming across, you know, our mentor, Dr. Pompa's stuff. So when we came across Dr. Pompa's stuff, one of the, the awesome things that I learned from him right off the bat that we realized that we needed to make bigger changes was, you know, we talk about the five R's of cellular healing and he talks about R1, which is remove interference. Mm-hmm. So we realized like, you know, outside of our diet and doing things that we're putting in our bodies and stuff like that, we needed to work on the, our environment of what's around us and what are we touching and what are we inhaling. And, and so we started removing a lot of the toxic exposures and burden that, that was in our environment, you know, from our laundry detergents and, and dryer sheets to the cleaners we use in our house to Clarissa's cosmetics and her makeups and her products. I mean, we really started, we, we got water softener and RO unit in our house. I mean, just constantly air, air a molecule, air doctor. I mean, constantly doing things to clean up the toxic burden around our around our, our house and mm-hmm. our office and just everywhere. And honestly, huge changes just from there. You realize, you know, that you're constantly being bombarded on a daily basis. Whether you're symptomatic or not, it's doing the damage. Mm-hmm. You know, Clarissa is, is just more sensitive because of where she's at with her autoimmune and what do they say, like 33% of the population is just hypersensitive, but it's still doing the damage. So 
you do see these massive improvements when you just decrease this toxic load. So that came into play, but then the really the bigger picture, man, was addressing the cell. When I first saw Dr. Pompa's stuff and realized that, you know, he says our pompisms that we talk about, you know, you have to fix the cell to get well. I started connecting all the things that I've been learning about, like ATP and mitochondrial dysfunction, and cell membrane issues, hormone resistance, and, you know, methylation, like all the things that I kept hearing about, but just from different people, mm -hmm. brought them all together and made it finally make sense at the cellular level of like what has to be addressed to actually make bigger changes in your health. So I remember that was, that was probably our, our second big like shift again of seeing the needle move. So, you know, I was reading into pompous stuff and I remember with the supplements that I had in my office at that time, I kind of, to the, my best of my abilities, built a similar, uh, just kind of a cellular support, supporting the five R's for Clarissa. And when we did that, she immediately like started seeing bigger changes in her energy and like, I mean, across the board. I mean, she's she'd had healing along the whole way, right? But like, again, a big burst of like, okay, we found something. Like, you did something with the supplements that you're doing now. It's having a massive change versus just taking all this random stuff and just constantly bearing, right? We were more targeted. So when we started targeting the cell, big, big improvements in everything, man. Her energy and her sleep and just everything. Her, her brain fog was dissipating and like she was seeing improvements just overall. I just, I felt like me again, but more crisp, more refined. Yeah. And it was so refreshing and I mean... Like David said, it was just that jump that it catapulted us to where we are now. And I'm not going to lie, between these two big needle pushes for her, there was a lot of failures. And I shouldn't say failures, okay? There were a lot of things that we tried that just did not work. Speed bumps. There's speed bumps. And, and I, you know, in my talks, when I talk to patients, you know, all the time I say, look, they're, they're not mistakes. They're just ineffective solutions. You know, mm -hmm. it's failures right. and buddy i could probably tell you that we've probably tried over a thousand different things for this woman right here next to me like we've tried it all buddy and she has followed through on it all and like you talk about the guinea pig of autoimmune like that's hey. my wife you know, ben <laughs> can i have that title yeah. can it be mine no, honestly like ben greenfield says that he's like the, the human guinea pig like clarissa should get the title of the autoimmune guinea pig because that's literally what she was for on our journey to help her get well. Wow. And I, I tell people all the time, like I've learned thousands of things over the years to help people get their health back. And I can tell you there's only a handful of things that are going to push the needle. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, again, that's what we're taught, right? That's what you and me know. I mean, and so, you know, we started addressing the cell, we're addressing the gut and we, then we knew the detox picture was coming in. So then I decided to go to Dr. Pompa's seminar, and that's actually when I met you, brother. Mm -hmm. Now we're now we're full circle, yes. and yeah, I met I met my bromance and his wife Sonia. At the it was it was love at first sight. It really was. I'm gonna yeah. play some Kenny G with right. the saxophone in the background. <laughs> right. So um, and then you know she started implementing our MTA, right? And so I'm gonna let her take it from here because. You know, you ask her this question, but and, and, and I think everyone really wants to know this. 
out of everything that she's done on her whole journey, what has made the biggest difference for her? That's what I want her to talk a little bit about. The answer is fasting. Mm. Fasting was huge. Such, I mean, such a transformation when we fast. Um, so we hadn't fasted at this point. Yeah. Okay. We were totally thrown into it right during the HCF seminars. We're like, oh, you're fasting today. No lunch. You like go and cry. But anyways, I did not. I had, already, <laughs> I had actually already started. So I think a month and a half out, I had started doing some intermittent because we were testing it. We were going into pompous stuff. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start trying a little bit. And, and you like, did, yes. And I, and I wasn't a big breakfast person, man. So, like, for me, it wasn't that bad, you know? So, yeah, so we end up at the conference, and then now Cliss is like, oh, man, i got to do this now. Like, Well, and I remember sitting, like, in the front row. I remember David's like, oh, let's sit back here. I was like, no, I want to see this, you know? So we go, and the whole time I was just so captivated when Pompa came out and shared his story and just – you know, that energy that he has, he lit up the stage and I felt like we all had a connection with him, especially after he gave his story from pain to purpose. And it was just like a light bulb went off, you know, bing. And now, thankfully, we are very blessed that we can provide that help and give patients that information and guidance to help them get their lives back because mine was taken for a quite amount of time but now I have it back and that was something that I um, wanted to do when I was sick when I was in my dark stages was to figure out what the heck's going on with me fix it and to help others I mean because there has to be others that have similar symptoms and lo and behold after going to this HCF seminar I mean it was just so much insight to what we've been missing, what we've been lacking for so long. So I think at that point, man, it was easier for her to make these bigger decisions to make these bigger changes. If that, I mean, that probably makes sense to you because you were there. Mm-hmm. Like she was immersed in it that weekend. She she was hearing other people that have been suffering with it. I mean, Pompa's been through it. And you're around all these other people that have this like devout belief in the power of, of what this does. So it was easy for her to adopt it. So she just started with intermittent fasting um, at first and immediately started to feel so good. Like you could just see the healing taking place that you could see the repair. You could see her body being able to catch up if that makes sense. Um, I looked a little rough. No, it was, it was cool, man. Like, it was almost like her recovery was improving. I mean, honestly, for an autoimmune person, I'll tell you, your body's ability to recover improves and, and its ability to repair improves with fasting. And I think it's essential for anybody that has autoimmune, to be completely honest with you. Um, so, I mean, huge changes. So then she graduated to 24-hour fasting and then again just always felt really good and saw these huge changes. And she's done block fasting. She's done multiple, multiple, multiple five-day block fasts. And, you know, she... She'll tell you when she's in it, and we're, like we, we, we joke around. We're not the funnest people to hang around with on certain days of the block fast. But, Day I mean, two, get away. She, she <laughs> understands the power of it, right? So, And then, yeah, I mean, diet variation, we understand that principle, and that's very important. She still has her starchy carbs, and she carb cycles here and there. It's important, of course, we talk women. 
you know, they have to be a little different approach than men when it comes to some of these things. So, so fasting and diet variation, again, were like massive, massive things for her to help with a number of things that she was struggling with over the years. And then mindset, mindset was the, the biggest thing. So last year, and I had been very interested in yoga going back a little bit. Uh, I started doing yoga when I was 18 and I just loved it so much. And, um, Never was able to find more information at the time of the history, the philosophy behind yoga. Uh, so I started my course, a teaching certification course that I took last September. Um, and that was huge for me because for the longest time, David had been trying me, trying to get me to read some of his books that he'd been reading on mindset. And I guess it's a spouse thing, you know, when they're like, do this, do this. And the other spouse like, no, I know better. Because I do. <laughs> um, so finally I cracked um, in my own way, of course, and uh, was able to see the light that way and became enlightened. And it was truly refreshing to be able to connect, my, connect with myself that way again. Um, and then practicing it and making it a daily practice has been um, great. I mean above all these physical changes, but going all the way to the top, top, the mind. Well, and for our listeners real quick, and Nick, I'd like you to expand on this a little bit. You know, when, when she was, before all this started, she was happy. Her life was full of joy. I mean, honestly, her headspace was in a different place because life was different. But when you start to go through the suffering of what she experienced, and you have to deal with, with things like this, like she said, Depression came, anxiety, you know, like she was a different person. Mm -hmm. So part of the healing for individuals that have to put themselves back together, there is a there is a mental health, emotional mindset aspect to this. Number one, you have to have constant mindset work to get through the healing. If I if I can be completely honest with you from my end of the picture of how I help people every day, but just watching my wife go through it. That's how I'm able to help every, everybody every day. That's how I know this. Mm-hmm. If the mindset is not there, you won't get the healing done. Mm-hmm. So that's a constant thing that needs to be constantly stimulated on, on your own. And you have to have things in your environment that are helping you move through, right? Yeah. And she did. I mean, she had me. And if she didn't have me, I mean, she would, you know, she did okay. things. She had her family. She'd read things. I mean, there were things that she would do, but, I think on the back end, she realized that there was some, there was emotional healing that was needed yeah. for her. Not, not only did she have to kind of reconstruct from everything that had happened during when things went really bad with her health to like they're better now. And she had to kind of put herself back together there and, and make her way through. But I think there were things that were even before she got sick that she still had to work on. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to see when your wife comes full circle and she tells you one day, I think I finally have found peace with a lot of things that were like demons during this whole struggle. And you can actually like almost feel her energy that she's finally had that peace. It's, it's, it's awesome, man. Like I'm very grateful that, that, uh, that we are at where we're at now uh, compared to just talking about where we used to be. I mean, it's like night and day. And I want people to understand that there are answers out there and that, that 
you can't give up hope. You just have to keep trying. And like we're saying, there's, there are no, it's not that there, there isn't, you know, people fail. You know, one of the things I see and I want to, and it's, and it's sad. People give up, man. They try like maybe a half dozen things and then they just give up and they think, Oh, there's nothing out there. They think there's no answers. And it's sad to see because there are, and, and you just have to keep, I mean, we never gave up, man. And that's honestly where we're at, where we're at today. It was, it was never anything. I mean, if I failed, I just kept going. I mean, it wasn't something of like, Oh, that must be it. It's like, no, just keep going. Well, and something you said earlier, you said, I promise you, I'm, I'm here to get you better. And yeah. that's a, what you did in that moment without realizing was you made a choice. There, there is only one outcome here and that's to get you better. It wasn't like, oh, it'd be nice if you were, were doing better. I, I want you to get healthy. No, you stepped into the purpose and the responsibility of choosing that this is, there's only one outcome here and that's to get better. And then the, going through all those details and, and I love how you brought it back full circle into the, the emotional clearing and really getting in tune with your soul's purpose and offloading a lot of the the traumas um that that we all pick up that we just don't make the time or effort to to look into and i mean we i I say this i know i know you say some version of this we i say we have to focus on subtractive therapies not what can we add in and you talked about you know trying a thousand different things you know distractions or whatever you want to call them but we have to offload the physical trauma, the emotional trauma, the toxicity trauma, the infection trauma, so that our body can move towards healing. So we, we can wake up the innate intelligence of the body that, that we so all have, you know, a gift to experience. And you're, you're living proof that that's possible. I mean, it's, it's such an amazing, powerful journey. And it's, and it's not over, right? It's not over. It's never going to be over. It's something that you have to accept in a, in a good way, not in a negative way at all. It's like um, you got a taste of something good, and I would never want to go back. Why would I ever want that? Yeah, I mean, that once, kind of life. you know, you talk, you know, real quick to paint a picture, if anybody's just listening and they're struggling, of how you can make sense of what's going to work for you and what's not. Kind of like what you're saying, Nick. If you're living in this place thinking that there's more of something outside of your body that you need to put in it to get you well, then you're already upside down. Because you're going to find more of an answer of your healing in removing things that are making you sick from your body. And so that'll get you started right there. There is no magic bullet. The answer is not in a pill. Yeah, there are supplements that once you find out where you're broken and you find root things, yeah, you do need to do those. You need to target those areas, right? And then there's exercise that plays the role. And like we talk mindset and, and detox and diet, all these things play a role. But at the end of the day, like it's less is more. It's more of removing these interferences that are making you sick. There's nothing that you're going to put in your body that's going to get you ahead of this. Yeah. And I think you'd agree with me. 100%. That's, that's I, the magic of, uh, of what we do. And obviously, you know, Clarissa agrees with you because she's, she's, she lived it. And most definitely. And that's why, I mean, that's what's exciting for me too is, I mean, both of us have partners that we work with and we're blessed by, you know, being in this life to be able to share these experiences together and, 
we all have our own journey, but to, to see to see a dedication in just the relationship as well. I mean, that's that's huge to, to know that you both had each other to lean on and, and um, you know, not everybody has that, right? And, and maybe you can just like speak to just that a little bit, Clarissa, just, you know, having someone there who, who really like, you know, made a choice stand behind you and beside you the whole way and i mean that's a huge part of the healing too you're trying to get me to cry aren't you um, <laughs> it wasn't always to, i think it's a nice way to finish off yeah to, with, with some tears <laughs> i want i want her to tell this story but she needs to tell both sides because it wasn't always a happy thing of, no. of me trying to be the doctor and the husband right like yeah. trying to really okay i'm david's worst patient <laughs> and he'll tell you that <laughs> I kick and scream and I question and I doubt. I'm like, are you sure? Are you okay? Fine. And then I'll cave in and do it. But I am so blessed, so grateful to have him. Um, when my grandma, my grandmother was alive, my mom's mom, she would always tell me, Oh, that's your soulmate. He's your soulmate. And I mean, we had only been together for, you know, maybe about a month. And he, he was there. I mean, he was constantly present. He was, David's an old soul. He is. And if, if y'all understand what I mean by that, you, you get me with that. He just gets me in every which way. And he totally stepped in for me when I couldn't, when I was sick and feeling horrible. David took the reins and said, I've got this. I'm going to do this. We would go to all these different conferences and I would have to stay in the hotel room and he would go downstairs because I just felt horrible, but he'd come back up and all excited and telling me, whoa, there's this supplement. There's this therapy. We're going to do it. All right, let's do it. But he has always been there for me and I am eternally grateful for you. <laughs> uh and I do feel that he is my soulmate and most definitely given through from pain to purpose. He is still with me. And I appreciate you and I love you very much. And I hope for all listeners that you all have, whether if it's not a partner, spouse, maybe a family member, a mother, a father, a brother, sister, cousin, aunt, uncle, that will be there for you during this time because there is answers out there. There is treatments. There are ways to get your life back. You're just looking in the wrong ways, the wrong areas. Mm -hmm. wow. so I feel that um, everybody that hears this should definitely go online afterwards and Google an HCF practitioner in their area. Oh yeah, for sure. Because they know how to fix you. They will help you. They will guide you and teach you things that you would never have learned or read online or on the news. Mm -hmm. Major changes. Well, you know, I want to add something to that. You know, you, you know, you said I made a choice, right? Um, you have that. So you got me thinking. You planted that seed on purpose. Mm -hmm. What you're doing. So you made me like literally have a flashback of that moment 
And I realized that from that moment, man, it was almost like a switch just turned on and it never turned off and it's still not off to this day. But then I look at outside of just like us trying to just help Clarissa get her life back and, and get her health back and, and everything that we've been through. That's it. That's done. A, the blessings that that honestly has given us in our life are like a hundredfold, man. Yeah. Like with what we're, with what we have been able to learn through helping her, I'm now able to help all these other people. Mm-hmm. And my practice has completely changed. I'm not just a structurally based chiropractor. I'm literally a cell-based chiropractor that addresses, you know, we address the three stressors that cause the subluxation. We do cellular detox and we, we treat the whole person. We take a multi-therapeutic approach. I mean, completely changed the type of practice that I ever even thought that I was going to have. I mean, that's huge when you think about that. I never, I never envisioned the way things are, that this would be the way I got here. But in all honesty, man, it's like a million times better than I thought it would be. Like, I'm so happy with where we are with everything in our lives right now. So you say from pain to purpose, like it has brought this immense, just we're very blessed, man, with where we're at now with everything in our lives. And through Clarissa's suffering and healing, we've had amazing blessings in our lives. And it's taken us to meet people like you and Sonia and you know, everyone else with HCF and Dr. Pompa. And I mean, just everything that's happening in our lives. So that's, that's the big, the big, you know, the big thing at the end, man, is the blessings that have come from all this. Yeah, that's, I mean, and that's, I think that's the, the way for people to take this is that, you know, when you make those choices, you move into choosing health, choosing that there is only my health and, and my connections and my family and relationships that, that build like, and when that's, once the priority is put back on that, these things that unfold in our lives as a result of us choosing empowerment and self-healing and the innate healing response and and essentially raising our vibration, raising our consciousness and our mindset, all that stuff, that's where our lives begin to forever be changed. And, and you're living proof of that. And we're all better off having you gone through this experience because otherwise we wouldn't have had a chance to meet you either, right? That's right. So, I mean, magic happens when we start to move into our purpose. And so thank you so much. And, and I think that's a good home play for people to, to, to do is look, at, look for HCF Practitioner don't settle and just want health choose it step into it and it's multi-therapeutic you just have to take that first step it's a choice Most definitely. love thyself right there you go well that was an amazing episode uh thank you so much clarissa for sharing your amazing story um there's joy um, and you brought so much hope for people so thank you so much from the bottom of my heart and it's an honor knowing you and I love you guys and uh, thank you so much love you too man see you on the next one yes sir thanks for listening if you enjoyed today's podcast please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.